Well, today we began a brand new series called The Dare. Let me give you some synonyms of this word dare. Uh, To dare is to provoke. Uh, It's to push. It's to challenge. I have a brother that uh, he is uh, 12 days less than a year older than me. For 12 days out of every year, we are the same age. And uh, I loved that as a kid growing up. My older brother hated it. Let me tell you that uh, sibling rivalry was on steroids with us. Uh, Competition between us was a daily thing. We would dare one another. And if that dare wasn't taken, then we will double dog dare you. How many has ever double dog dared somebody? Well, one day... uh, I don't know, my brother and I, we were probably about nine and ten years of age. Uh, We uh, both had been given BB guns for Christmas. And one day my brother said to me, he said, do you want to feel something really cool? He said, he said, stick your finger over the end of the BB gun and pull the trigger. Yeah, he said, the air coming out is, is really a really cool feeling. Man, he said, it's awesome. It's awesome. I said, what? And shoot a BB into my finger? He said, there's no BBs in the gun. He said, I emptied it. I said, no. He said, I dare you. Uh Uh-huh. You guessed it. I took the dare. Uh Uh-huh. I shot a BB into my finger, had to go to the doctor and have it dug out. I'm not going to dare you to do anything that might hurt you in this series, but I am going to dare you to do some things that can help you. Today's dare is, I dare you to face your giant. I dare you to face your Giant. Well, today I want us to look at a very, very familiar story in the Bible that most of us have known all of our life since we were a kid. If you've ever been in Sunday school, if you've ever been in children's church, I guarantee you, you know this story. Of course, it's a story known as David and Goliath. We find this story recorded in 1 Samuel chapter number 17. Israel, as usual, is at odds with the Philistines. They're always at odds with someone. Goliath, who was a literal giant, who stood approximately nine feet tall. Goliath, the champion and superstar of the Philistines, issues a challenge to the army of Israel. And he says to them, he says, send out your best, send out your superstar warrior to fight me. There's no reason, he said, for our our armies to fight. He said, I'm the best of my army. You send out the best of your army and we will fight one another. And whichever one of us wins, our people will be served by the people of the loser. If you remember the story, you'll remember that no one in Israel's army would accept the challenge. No one until David showed up. Now remember, David was not a soldier. He was a shepherd. He, he was probably a teenager. Some say probably about 17 years of age. He wasn't even old enough to be in the army. He wasn't even old enough to be a soldier. 
fact, if you read the story, you'll find the only reason why he's there is because he has been sent there by his father as an errand boy. Yeah, he brought his older brothers who were in the army some bread and some cheese. I guess they were going to have grilled cheese sandwiches. And when David heard Goliath's challenge, he said, he said, no one has to double dog dare me. He said, I'll go out. I'll accept the challenge. I'll fight the giant. Well, David, as you read the story, you'll find that David not only accepted the challenge, but he annihilated the giant Goliath. I have a challenge for you today. I dare you to face your giant. If you accept this challenge and if you annihilate your giant, there are at least four things that you're going to have to do. So let me give those to you this morning. First of all, you're going to have to acknowledge your giant. Acknowledge your giant. Verse 32 of 1 Samuel 17, David said, don't worry about this giant. He said, I'll go out and fight him. David acknowledged that there was a giant to fight. Here's what I know today, and that is everyone has a giant in their life. Everyone has a giant in their life. Satan makes sure of it. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, it says, We are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of the darkness, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Hear me, hear me. Satan will make sure that everyone has a giant to face. Second thing I know about that, and that is that each giant is different. Your giant that you face is different than my giant, and the giant that I might be facing today might be different than your, your giant. Each giant is different. Your giant might be lust. Somebody else's giant might be jealousy, and others might be greed or anger. It could be bitterness. It could be inferiority. It could be fear. It could be prejudice. It could be unforgiveness. And the list just goes on and on and on of the possible giants that we are having to face in our life. First thing we need to do in order to to defeat our giant is to acknowledge our giant. Acknowledge that we do. Yes, even us, even I. Yes, acknowledge that we do have a giant in our life and acknowledge what that giant is. Second thing that we need to do if we're going to defeat the giant, that is we're going to have to assess the possibilities Let's look at verses 8 and 9 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verses, uh, yeah, 8 and 9 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Talking about Goliath, it says, Then he stood and he cried out to the armies of Israel. And he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. The giants in our lives bring with them certain possibilities. And what we choose to do or what we choose not to do about the giants in our lives will have, a, have an effect on us, but also not only upon us, but upon everyone that is connected to us. 
What are we going to do about our giants? Are we going to face them or are we going to conquer them? Let me give you two questions to ask yourself this morning. First of all, ask yourself, what will happen if I do? What will happen if I do face my giant? What will happen if I do conquer my giant? What will happen if I do? Well, back to our story. What would happen to the person who is willing to accept the giant's challenge? Well, it's told to us in verse number 25, where it says, whoever kills this giant, the king will reward him with great riches and allow him to marry his daughter. Now that could be good or it might not be so good. I'm not going to go there. And exempt his entire family from paying Texas, how many of you like that one? Amen. See, there were some definite benefits awaiting whoever would defeat this giant. And so it is with you and so it is with me today. Our our lives will be greatly benefit from facing and destroying the giant that consistently rears its ugly head in our life. In fact, I believe that many of the bad things that happen in our life are the residual effect of our giant. Yeah, things can be rolling along smoothly, man. I mean, they're rolling along really, really well for us until, until what? Until the giant shows up again. You know, some people have been living with their giant for so long that they have forgotten what life is like without it. Ask yourself, what will happen if I do? What will happen if I do face my giant? What what will happen if I do conquer him? How could my life change? Oh, what could be the benefits that would happen and be the residual effect? And then ask yourself, what will happen if I don't? What will happen if I ignore the giant? What will happen if I allow the giant to continue to be a part of my Life. Well, the answer for some is divorce. For others, it's bankruptcy. And still others, it could eventually lead to death. Back to our story in verses 8 and 9, the giant Goliath lays out the possibilities. Whoever, whoever wins this battle will enjoy the residual effects of victory, which would include being served by the enemy they conquered. Hear me today, if we don't face and fight and eventually conquer our giants, we're going to become a servant to them. In Romans chapter 6, it speaks of becoming a slave to sin. See, people who consistently sin in a particular area eventually become sin's slaves. That particular sin becomes a giant in their life, and that giant dictates what they can and cannot do, Oh, where they can and cannot go, and who they can and cannot have a relationship with. This giant in our life is a big deal. It's a big deal. It has the potential to totally take over our life. Once we acknowledge our giant, we need to then assess the possibilities. But the third thing that we need to do is, is this, and that is we need to get angry at the situation. We need to get angry. That's my anger voice. 
We need to get angry at the situation. First, get angry at ourselves. You heard me. Yeah, get angry. Get angry at ourselves. Why am I tolerating this? Why am I tolerating this giant in my life? How did I let this giant get so big? Why did I let this go so far? Second of all, we need to get angry with the giant. Yeah, we need to get angry at the giant in our life and tell the giant, you don't belong in my life. You aren't welcome in my family. You lied to me. You didn't live up to your promises. You you promised me all the things that would happen to me if only I allowed you in my life and allowed you to grow in my life. You're a liar. You're a liar. In verse 26, David said, he said, who is this ungodly Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Somebody needs to get angry at their their giant today and say, who are you, giant, to think that you can stand between me and my God? Here's what I know this morning. What we tolerate will compound daily. See, your giant's not going to get any smaller. Your giant is not going to get any tamer. Hey, don't forget the giants were once newborns. Newborns that grew into babies and then grew into toddlers and then and then and then and then and on and on it goes. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Everybody loves a newborn. I mean, a newborn will just melt your heart. Everybody loves that little sweet six, seven, eight, nine pounds of flesh. Everybody loves a new babies are cute. They're so cute. Oh, toddlers, they're adorable. I mean, absolutely adorable. They are so much fun. Well, don't forget, even giants were once newborns. Once babies, once toddlers. Even giants weren't always giants. Oh, oh, and what started out so seemingly harmless. Oh, even perhaps even cute and fun. But oh, the giant has grown. The giant has grown. Because what we tolerate will compound daily. And what we continue to tolerate will eventually control us. We find over in the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. James writes and he says, he said, but each one is tempted. He said, everybody's tempted. Each one, he said. Each one is tempted, he said, when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin comes as an infant. Sin comes as a newborn. Sin comes as a baby. It comes even seemingly innocent sometimes. But, but, but when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. But he says that sin, when it is full grown, 
The sin that starts out, it doesn't seem like a little bitty thing. It seems like, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. It's just a little bitty thing. But, but James says sin will grow. Sin will, become, will grow until finally it is a giant in our life. And sin, he said, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Write this down this morning. It's, it's, it's worth the price of admission. Amen. Oh, some of you didn't pay the price this morning. Write this down. Addiction begins with attraction. Isn't that good? Addiction begins with attraction. The giant called addiction began as an infant called attraction. Be very, very, very careful with your attractions. Be careful what you allow yourself to become attracted to. And don't feed your attractions that that you know are out of bounds for you, and you know the difference. You know the difference. So don't set yourself up for failure. Oh, set some boundaries. Oh, oh, put some alarm bells in place. Separate yourself from wrongful attractions. Starve them to death. For some of you, it's time to get angry at the situation. You have tolerated this and it is compounding daily. And if you continue to tolerate it, it will grow into a full-grown giant that will eventually control you. All right, let's look at the fourth thing that we need to do this morning. That is, we need to attack our giant. Let's look at verses 45 through 51. 45 through 51 in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. Then David said to the Philistine, he said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all of the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And then David put his hand in his bag and took out a, a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. It's time to attack our giant. Let me give you three tips for attacking your giant. The first thing you're going to have to do if you're going to attack the giant that is in your life today. The first thing you need to do is remind yourself of former victories. See, rehearsing former victories helps to strengthen our faith for the present situation. 
In verses 34 through 37, David reminded himself and others of his former victories over lions and bears that tried to devour some of his father's sheep that he had been entrusted to shepherd. David said, the same God that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear will also deliver me from this giant. Let me ask you this morning, has God helped you conquer some giants in the past? See, I'm pretty sure that the giant that you are facing today isn't your first giant to face. Oh, he might be bigger, he might be stronger, he might be uglier than former giants, but the good news is, and yes, there is good news, and the good news is the little giants that you have faced in the past have prepared you for the bigger giant that you are facing in the present. And the same God that delivered you from the past giant can deliver you from your present giant today. So build up your faith by reminding yourself of former giants. I remember this time. I remember that time. I remember this giant. I remember that giant. And God enabled me and empowered me to overcome those giants. And so if God enabled me back then, he will enable me today. And I'm stronger today and more powerful today than I was back then through the help and the anointing of the Lord. The second thing that you need to do is you need to refuse to be intimidated. If you're going to attack your giant, you need to refuse to be intimidated. In verse 28, David's own brother tried to intimidate him. His very own brother, his his big brother, he told him all the reasons why he couldn't and why he shouldn't face the giant, his very own brother brother. See, the truth of the matter was, if David's big brother wasn't willing to fight the giant, he didn't want baby brother to make him look bad by doing something that he wasn't willing to do himself. See, David's big brother was revealing his pride. He was revealing his jealousy over the courage of his younger baby brother. Too often in the family of God, we try to bring our own brothers and sisters down. And far too often we are speaking and acting out of pride and we are acting out of jealousy and acting out of our own insecurity. Somehow thinking that bringing them down will somehow elevate us and and it will level the playing field. So sad. But not only did David's older brother try to intimidate him, but so did the giant Goliath. In verses 41 through 44, Goliath belittles David. He makes fun of David's weapons. He makes fun of David's age. He makes fun of all kinds of things about him, trying to intimidate David. But David refused to be intimidated. So often we allow ourselves to be intimidated by the size or the nature of the giant that we are facing. When I look back over my years as a pastor, I've I've faced several giants in my ministry. Seemingly insurmountable obstacles. Impossible situations. I can recall times when these giants tried to intimidate me. Who in the world do you think you are? 
to think that you can be any help. This is beyond you. Others better than you have tried and failed. Who are you to think you could do it? I remember when the biggest giant that I ever had to face actually did intimidate me for a time, temporarily. But with God's help, with God's help, I was able to push through. I was able to push through until this giant no longer had the power to intimidate me. And the sheer size of this giant and being able to conquer it made the victory even sweeter. Oh, the bigger the giant, the sweeter the victory. Notice the third thing that you need to do if you're going to attack your giant. And and number three is you need to rely on your greatest weapon. Rely on your greatest weapon. When David volunteered to fight the giant, King Saul tried to put his armor on him, but Saul's armor didn't fit David. Now, now there's a sermon in that, and I could spend 30 minutes on that, but say, thank God I'm not going to do that this morning. I don't have time for it, but there's a great message in that. Make sure the armor we're wearing fits. No, David, David used a slingshot and a pocket full of rocks to kill the lion and the bear with. When he was a shepherd boy, when he was shepherding his father's flock and the lion or the bear would come in and try and take a lamb out, David would use a slingshot and a rock to slay the the lion and the bear. That's exactly what he would use against this giant as well. He's not going out there with Saul's armor. He's not going to put on all the armor of Saul. He's not going to take up Saul's shield. No, no, the very same thing that he had used in the past is the very same thing that he's going to use for this giant. And David was an expert sharpshooter with this weapon, man. I mean, he could lay, he could lay a lion down from 100 yards away. You say, how do you know that? Because I'm preaching. Preach it your way. Honestly, David was, a, was an expert sharpshooter with his, with his weapon, but as skilled and as talented oh, as David was with this slingshot, the slingshot was not his greatest weapon. Then what was it, Pastor? Well, thanks for asking. It's found in verses 45 through 47. Let's read it this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 through 47. The Bible's not cooperating with me today. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword. You come to me with a spear. You come to me with a javelin. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to strike you. I'm going to take your head from you. And this day I'm going to give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the air, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly will know that the Lord does not save with sword. He does not save with spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. 
David's greatest weapon was not the slingshot. It was not the five smooth stones. And, and David was great with the slingshot. He was great. That was his weapon of choice, and he was great. But his greatest weapon was not the slingshot, not the stones, but the greatest weapon that David had that he went toward Goliath with was his faith in Almighty God. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. Amen. I'm not coming in my own power. I'm not coming in my own strength. I'm coming through the anointed power of the of Almighty God. David's faith in his Lord was what brought Goliath down that day. Oh, yes, God uses what we have to offer him. He uses our gifts, our talents, our abilities. He uses our personalities. He gives. He uses what we have to offer him. But at the end of the day, it's God that's really fighting for us. Amen. It's God that is conquering our giants for us. So my admonition to you today is attack your giant. Attack your giant. Attack your giant in the name of the Lord. Don't just defend yourself against the giant. Attack. Attack. It's time to take your giant down. The takeaway for the message today is this. Destroy your giant before your giant destroys you. Destroy your giant before your giant destroys you. Father, I pray you'll take this word that has been shared today. God, I pray that it'll do the work that is intended to do. Holy Spirit, do what we are unable to do in Jesus' name. Well, the greatest giant that we will ever face in life is the giant of sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So every single one of us have had to face this giant called sin. But the good news is, and that is that Jesus has already faced this giant of sin and he's already conquered it. He did that through his shed blood on the cross. Today, if you're listening or watching me today, and you have not defeated that greatest giant of all, the giant of sin that actually has already been defeated for you, today is your day to bring that giant down. And so today, if you want to defeat the giant sin in your life and you want to prepare yourself for heaven, if you'll pray this prayer with me this morning, using it as a vehicle for your salvation. If you'll do that with me this morning, just pray, dear God, I haven't done anything about this giant of sin, but your word tells me that you've already slayed this giant for me. And all I have to do is put my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for my salvation and for conquering the giant of sin. So today, I place my faith not in myself, but in Jesus Christ who paid the full price and conquered sin for me. If you prayed that prayer with all sincerity, I believe the Lord heard you today, helped you to conquer this giant today. If you need, if you have done that, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to help you in your journey. For some of you, you need to face and conquer a giant or 
giants in your life, I want to pray for you today. God, I just pray right now for those today that are listening and watching today. God, they have giants in their lives. Maybe they've tried to ignore those giants. Maybe they've hoped those giants would somehow go away on their own. But but the giant just continues to grow. And it just becomes bigger and bigger and more powerful. and, And for some, it has literally taken over their life. Today, we conquer our giants in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in our own power or in our own ability, but... We place our faith in you, Lord, and believe in you today to help us bring these giants down. And we speak to our giant today, and we attack our giant today, and we run to our giant today, and we say, giant, no more are you welcome in my life. You must leave. I'm done with you in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe God's going to help us. I love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day today.